Welcome to the Emily Hibbard Show, where I, Emily Hibbard, interview people from different backgrounds, experiences, occupations, and faiths. Constitutionalist Aaron McElroy from the great state of Texas is my guest today. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks, Emily. I'm so glad to be here. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's jump right in. You believe many of our constitutional rights and freedoms are under attack and that fear and misinformation are playing a role in that. What are you seeing that makes you say that? Absolutely. Um, you know, if you look at all of the issues of the day that you see every day on uh, mainstream news, which is really orchestrated to look a certain way and, and push an agenda rather than reporting the news, we see freedoms being infringed upon in terms of bills coming out to try to limit gun freedoms, which are expressly uh, written in the Second Amendment. The freedom of the press does not exist except, you know, outside with all of these alternative uh, types of uh, media, like what you're doing, which is amazing, podcasts to get the word out. But the mainstream media is certainly not free. Um, there are so many um, agendas to try to strike fear in people. And, you know, we look at the vaccine mandates that have happened. I mean, we should have freedom of choice. It's very expressly said in the constitution. And yet we have a government that thinks they can just sign an order, which completely subverts the legislative process to even assign laws. So, you know, every aspect of the very specific, precise processes and law that was deliberated for months and months and months by the founders of our country and have created the best, um, most successful nation in the history of the world and longest running nation in the history of the world are being uh, completely ignored. And, and it's, it's, um, it's driving fear in people that they might lose their jobs, they might lose their livelihoods. And so, um, yeah, I think we're in a really, really uh, very, um, very important time in history um, where people are going to have to take stands on things. And, and I hope that we're not headed in the direction that those with that agenda have. How do you think... How do you think we've got here, right? Like, to, it's very clear. The First Amendment, uh, freedom of speech, Second Amendment, uh, the, the right to, to bear arms. How did we get from there to, well, that's not exactly what it meant or not that kind of a firearm or w what happened in there? You know, it's it's really interesting. The founders were, were very, um, they understood the power of the press. Um, and I think that, there are a number of different ways that we've gotten here. Um, one is the press and um, specific um, leaders with a specific agenda to change the Constitution, to change the way of life, the capitalist form of government that we have with the freedoms, have gotten in positions of power progressively year over year in the media. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, and I think also... We've had, in terms of education, we've had leaders infiltrate the education uh, system as well. And so for about 20, 30 years, we've had this progressive mindset 
slowly but surely being um, inserted into education, rewriting history, putting a different lens very subtly at first, and now we're seeing it very, very overtly done. And so you've got a whole generation of people who, while they're living in the most free, amazing uh, country in the world, can say, I'm oppressed, but yet, you know, how, where is the oppression? You know, uh, so I think it's, it's been a slow agenda of, um, of the progressive uh, political uh, group basically infiltrating and getting their people in places of influence and power. If you look at the Nazi regime, for example, that's exactly what they did. Oh, we're doing good for everyone. The socialist and the communist uh, parties have been very successful in, in past history and even now in doing this in a way that people almost don't notice until it hits a fever pitch where we are now. What do you think is, mo is, is so appealing about socialism, about, about communism? Now, I'm the granddaughter of, of a World War II vet who fought in the U.S. Marines, you know, like many of our generation. Um, so I grew up in a very patriotic country. So the idea of socialism or communism was always, was always crazy, was always a bad idea. My grandmother uh, immigrated here from Mexico uh, after the Mexican Revolution, where they were, the socialists were going around and murdering people. So in my family alone, we grew up knowing that America, this ground is, is kind of sacred because of things like the Constitution. What do you think is so appealing to so many people to think, yeah, let me, let me try that socialist option. Well, just real quick, I, you know, I too, my, my, uh, my great uncle parachuted over occupied France and helped liberate France from the Nazis. So, uh, and my father was a World War II buff and I, I, I saw so many, you know, much to my chagrin when I was a kid, I saw so many films on the Nazi regime and, and what they did. And, and even um, in China, Mao and, and just the, the devastation of millions and millions, the slaughtering of millions and millions of people uh, from communism and socialism. So I, I had that history growing up, understanding how blessed we are living with this form of government. And it fascinated me. And I really, you know, I, I was just such a student of how the Constitution works. And it was such a, um, uh, an incredible thing to me to think that a piece of paper that people signed could secure a freedom. And then I have, you know, children that I sponsor in places like Africa where the governments change all the time and, and they're just at the mercy of whoever wants to do whatever they want to them. And I think the difference between them and, and the United States is the piece of paper that someone signed and people agreed to adhere to. And I think the reason why socialism seems so appealing is that people don't really have that understanding. It's ignorance. I know that's not a nice word, but it's not really understanding um, that we're free. And it goes back to what I was saying before, where someone can sit here and go, I'm oppressed with my, thousand dollar phone and my, uh, you know, 
six-figure job, or even if it's not that, even if it, you have running water, you are in better shape than uh, the largest percentage of the world that's living in squalor around the world. You know, so I think socialism, um, the heart of of people is. Uh, well, it would be so great for everyone to just have everything. It's a utopian kind of concept without a true understanding of what socialism, socialist government uh, truly is. So I think it's, it's, not, it's not having the awareness. And I think it's, people are very, you know, big-hearted, and it's a, it's a nice concept, but in practice, it's devastating to people. Yeah, that's a that's a tricky one because it's it, it's theoretical. I have uh, I have conversations like this all the time with friends of mine who have immigrated from this country, either from Eastern European countries or from Cuba or from other socialist or communist countries, and they literally kiss the ground when they arrive here in the United States because of everything that they've come from. And so for them to see so many uh, you know so many students coming out of our our colleges want socialism. They're, you know, they're the canaries in the coal mine saying, no, 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 no. You have mm -hmm. no idea what that actually, uh, what that actually means. Well, well, I think it goes back to what I was saying before about, you know, when you have not lived or you haven't experienced or been exposed to that and you're here again, theoretically, like you said, oh, it'd be great if everybody could have everything. But when you get that really real and you say, okay, half of your paycheck is going to go to somebody else who's not working people aren't as interested, you know, um, <clears throat> it's, um, this, this whole equality, um, in terms of, um, you know, where you are in life, it's, it's a great concept. And what I really believe and what the constitution provides is equal opportunity. And to me, and not just to me, historically, the facts show that the equal opportunity has created the most prosperous society that's ever existed, and that's our country. And there's a reason for that. And it started with the pilgrims. It started, you know, there's so much misinformation about how our country started. And, and I actually have ancestors who came over on the Mayflower, um, the latest born person in my country, uh, in, in my family tree in this country is 1720. The earliest wow. born was 1621. So I have the, the, I mean, I thought we actually had Irish immigrants, but we're Scotch Irish coming from that far back. And so I did a lot of history about this, a lot of research on the history of it. And, you know, those pra trade practices between the Native Americans and um, the pilgrims and the people who landed here, it was rough life. And they worked together. And this whole idea of commerce and you reap what you sow and you can be an entrepreneur or a, a business owner back then, I mean, it, it started from that. It started from those principles and continued and made its way into our Constitution. Who do you think has the most to win and who do you think has the most to lose with socialism on the table? If we go socialism, which obviously we, I don't, I'm opposed to socialism, right. I, you know, ideologies, but who has the most to win if the United States becomes a socialist country? Um, the socialists and the communists, um, China, uh, Russia, um, specifically with our country, the already very rich elite and the most to lose are the individuals. And you can already see just in 10 months the impact. 
uh, of of the socialist uh, policies. Alignment with the socialists cut off all all of our energy independence. What does that impact? Every single thing. Food prices because of the trucks and the planes and everything that have to deliver it. It affects the common man and woman. And, um, you know, the same thing with trade policies, um, with defense, with uh, foreign policy. Uh, the elites look at look at what happened with the uh, all the lockdowns, basically refusing to allow individuals to have their own businesses, which is the source of wealth for the common individual, and was for most of those elite, very wealthy folks like Jeff, Jeff Bezos. I remember when he started Amazon, you know. Um, but who's gotten the most wealthy? Who's gained more power? Those big retailers, those big corporate organizations. And I'm not anti-corporate organizations. I work for a big one, and I've had a great life from that. They create jobs for individuals, but um, they've all their pockets have been lined very nicely. And the common person um, who is running a small business or trying to make a life, everything's more expensive, everything's more difficult, um, a business has been shut down. So it's really the, this, we're seeing the initial impact of what will happen with socialist policies because we're living under a new socialist policy every day that's being enacted in, in subtle and overt ways in our government. Do you think that, okay, so the midterm elections are next year, 2022. Do you mm -hmm. think that, what do you think it would take for people, regardless of political party, uh, party affiliation, what do you think it would take for the average American to look at uh, rising prices, you know, at, at the gas pump, uh, rising food prices? Uh, you know, I'm here in the, in, the, in the LA area and we have almost a hundred ships off the coast of Long Beach, LA port, just sitting there. Everyone's Christmas presents are right there, right? What do you think it would take for the average American to vote in favor of uh, policies that would get us back to lower food prices, lower prices at the pump, things like that? You know, I'm not really sure. I've, I've been interested to watch um, the pendulum swing um, you know, I've, I've been since nine 11, um, I was a Democrat and, um, and really wasn't paying attention to a lot of specific policies when I was younger. I, I was a Democrat because I thought that those policies were, and I'm not trying to make this party. This is just my history. Um, you know, I, I voted for Republicans. I voted for Democrats. Um, I was really looking at, that con concept that is thrown out so much now about, well, who's going to look out for the little guy? You know, the Democrats look out for the little guy. They really don't. Um, after 9-11, <clears throat> when I looked at the, the strong stance we took against terrorism, I became a conservative. And, you know, I don't agree with a lot of the things the Republican Party does, too. So, I, you know, I don't I just want to make that clear. But I think of myself as conservative, which means a constitutionalist, according to the Constitution and freedoms, freedom um, and it, it, at all costs, you know, not to someone else, but as much as possible freedom, less government. So, you know, what will it take for for people to to realize Well, I've watched over the last few years, people who were adamantly 
oh, we have to, you know, have a, a minimum wage of a really high amount, see the impact of that and it not working and seeing so many people having to go on federal assistance and then being limited. And I've seen a lot of my friends who used to think the way I did, oh, well, you know, we're taking with these progressive policies, we're taking care of people. I've seen them kind of switch and go, wow, this is not what they said it was. So I think, unfortunately, more pain and more, um, you know, impact to a person's individual life is going to have to happen to make people um, really become aware and become awake to it. And look, we live in such a privileged society. Most people are just trying to feed their families, get the homework done, you know, take care of their daily lives. And it really isn't, unless you're a fanatic <laughs> like me about this stuff, you know, I'm not a fanatic, but passionate <laughs> about it, right? Because um, I feel like everyone is entitled to their opinion. I love these conversations and I will have a conversation with someone who has the total opposite opinion. Listen, respect it. And I think that's really important because that's how these things come out. And sometimes my mind is changed on things, but I'm, I am very passionate about the Constitution. But that said, you know, you're seeing that basically people, until they feel the pain, if you're not someone who's really paying attention to this all the time, that's when real change comes. And then people are showing up at school board meetings or that sort of thing. I think people feel really powerless. So I think um, voting is a place where, you know, we can really make a difference. I have concerns about the validity and the accuracy of the voting and, and a fraud, you know, an election that could happen without fraud. Um, but certainly we need to take our step to do everything we can to vote and vote in for pol for people who will enact policies that, that better our lives. Cause that's what government should do. Yeah. Do you think, I, I mean, I, if, if we go way back, I've always been fascinated by the rise and fall of empires, right? Whether it's the Egyptian empire or the Turkish empire, uh, the Roman empire, the Greek empire, uh, the British empire, uh, you know, they kind of, it, it's cyclical. They have the, these rise, they rise and they fall. And one of the interesting things about the United States of America is that we're, you know, kind of the current empire in its height. Do you think the, do you think that, that regular Americans can do whatever needs to be done in order to hold on to the freedoms that we have. I do. I really do. You know, I always think back, I don't know if you ever saw the movie A Bug's Life. Did you ever see that movie? I don't think so. Is it a cartoon? It's an animated or movie. An yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah, and uh, it's about a, a guy, it's about an ant colony, and these grasshoppers come in, and they basically take, they they um, the ant colony spends all their time before the winter gathering up food and the grasshoppers come in and beat them up and bully them. And in exchange for not beating up and bullying them, they get to take half or whatever percentage of what they've, what they've gathered. And I always love to think, I think about this movie all the time with what's going on right now. The ants finally realize there are a lot more of them than there are of the grasshoppers who look scary and look big and look, you know, and I think we're seeing that happen with people protesting. We're seeing it around the world, not just here. But I think that 
that we as Americans can have an impact. And every day I feel powerless. I'm like, okay, we've got illegal things happening. We've got literally, literally we have politicians who I believe from the evidence I've seen stole an election. So they're there illegitimately enacting policies that not through legislation, but through signing an order, which is not constitutional. We've got evidence of um, giving secrets to our enemies, which is treasonous, which calls for hanging and calls for, you know, death, okay, in our Constitution. There are, like, major, major things happening that us as individuals are like, okay, well, whatever happened to law and order? Whatever happened to... How, how can we have an impact? I have those feelings every day, but then I see the patriots that, that are really, um, you know, for the Constitution, like Governor Abbott, like Governor Ron DeSantis, and I see them exercising the brilliance of this Constitution by exercising their rights as states. Because, you know, if you look at... It, I just encourage everyone to read the Constitution or read a synopsis of it. Um, go back to that, you know, history that we learned, which I don't think is really taught in schools today. Mm -hmm. And you look at the the founders really, really debated over how much go, how much control or how much power the federal government had versus the states. It's so important to get involved in local. Um, school boards and yeah. local uh, local city councils, as well as your state, influence there as well as who you vote for president. And those people can exercising the Constitution can really exercise pressure from the states to make sure that that balance that was intended is um, is there. And I think that you know people are rising up. And I do think every individual together, we can make a big difference. Well, that's hopeful. That sounds, uh, it's so refreshing to hear something hopeful. I hear, you know, just, I mean, I'm sure you as well over the last year or so just heard so many, oh, it's gone. We're losing it. This is it. That you just, a ransack on our, on our constitutional freedom. So it's encouraging to hear that other people think that there, that there's hope for, for this country. Yeah, I love the quote. I'm trying to remember who said it, but the 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 worst thing is for good men to do nothing, and men, mm -hmm. women, you know. Um, and it's as long as we are. Whenever I see someone in Congress standing up for the Constitution, standing up for the right, standing up for the law, I'm just support these people. Support these people. Share the word about that. Share the truth learn about what you have as an individual in the United States of America and uh, and know also learn about how people live in other countries go look up India go look up China go look at so, I mean India's a republic but still the poverty there and and the level that we have of life here versus many in that country as well as I say India because I've been there many times and 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 seen it and um have given to charitable causes there, but look at the communist regimes. Look at how people have lived in China and 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 those places, and understand that 
this is unique and it's worth saving. It's worth fighting for. It's worth doing everything you can because it's not a given. Freedom is not free. And you know that from your family, your military family. Um, you know, I know it from military history and, and my great uncle. And But it's not free also, not only uh, military uh, on the front lines, but right now the real the real war is a war of information, a war of um, infiltration from within. And that has happened with the open border. That has happened with very specific leaders that have been placed at the uh, influence of the media, corporations, as well as um, in government and education. Um, you know, they're the seven mountains of, of influence an industry in our country and most of those are led by progressives who are pushing this socialist agenda for their benefit not to preserve the greatest uh, uh, republic that's ever existed which gives us as individuals a great life and our children and grandchildren to come yeah well what what would you say is one thing the average american can do in the next 12 months Vote. Vote in every election, not just the presidential election. Find out. This doesn't take that much time. Pick out an hour a month to just look at who are my council people in my city? What are they doing? Uh, look at your state politics, um, politicians, and and encourage those. I mean, it's so easy with social media today. Follow on, follow on Instagram those people. Find out what policies they're promoting. And if they're promoting something that's going to infringe upon your freedoms, make your voice known. It's so easy today with technology to do that. It's so important. Carve out time to make sure that you know who is leading and what they're pushing and what they're promoting and what they're doing on your behalf, how they're representing you, and make sure you let them know when you're not happy about it and what you want, you know, and let them know also what you want, uh, you know, because everyone goes by the constituent polls and, and what they're hearing because they want to be reelected, right? So make sure you're making your voice known. Make sure you vote. And, um, yeah, just getting, getting involved and turn off the mainstream news. Go to the individuals who are representing you and watch what they're doing. Attend a, a city council meeting. I mean, start local and state and become aware of what's happening. And if there is a particular issue that you're passionate about, write your uh, congresspeople. There's a, there's a site where you can go and, um, um, and maybe I'll give this to you, Emily, and we can, we can uh, post sure. it. Um, but there's a site where you can go and it'll show you every one of your representatives and you can just click and email them and, you know, carve out time. It's as important as your children's activities or that marathon you want to run or if not more so, uh, just take a look at Australia that could happen to us because the people in power have the ability to do that. Fortunately, we have a judicial system. We can challenge in the courts. That's the great constitution um, that's kind of overturned the mandates, for example. Um, those things need to stay in place, and we need to put people in office 
and make our voice known for the things that are going to preserve our freedoms, and we need to remove the people who want to take it away so that they can be at the top and, and basically sit pretty. Well said. Well said. <laughs> Constitutionalist Aaron McElroy was my guest today. Thank you, Aaron, again, for coming on and just having a conversation today and talking about this country that we love. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Emily, and vote for Emily. <laughs> this concludes another episode of The Emily Hibbard Show. Connect with me on Instagram at Emily Hibbard. That's at E-M-I-L-Y-H-I-B-A-R-D. And I hope to see you in the next episode. <laughs>